With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect way to take your brand to the next level? Want to reach a dedicated, engaged audience that's all ears? With Audiohook.com, you can do just that. Audiohook is the premier podcast advertising platform, connecting advertisers with some of the best podcasts in the world. Audiohook uses advanced targeting techniques to ensure your message reaches the right ears at the right time. With detailed analytics, you'll be able to track your campaign's performance and optimize your strategy for maximum impact. Plus, their team of experts are there every step of the way, providing guidance and support to make your campaign a success. So, whether you're a startup, a small business owner, or a marketing pro, Audiohook is your one-stop shop for podcast advertising success. Head over to audiohook.com to start your journey today. Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Metz. Today, we are focusing actually on women's basketball, something we have not been able to do very much here on the Rock Chalk Podcast, and I want to do more of, rather than bring in my good friend Jamie Steyer, uh, who is the play-by-play analyst for the Iowa State Cyclones, um, I decided let's go ahead and reach out to someone who is more, much more familiar with this Kansas program specifically, and that is Stephen Davis. He is the play-by-play analyst on the Jayhawk radio network for the Kansas Jayhawks women's team. Um, and look, it's a great interview. I will get you over to that here in just a minute, but um, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today. 
We do have three episodes coming this week. We have this one coming tonight. Tomorrow we will have a recap episode that will recap both the Kansas versus Champions or Kansas versus Duke game in the Champions Classic and also the loss for the Jayhawks against the Texas Tech Red Raiders down in Lubbock this weekend. So unfortunate that we have to talk about a loss, but there is at least a win for the basketball team to counterbalance that out. And then, of course, on Friday, we will have our normal um, preview of the, you know, Kansas-Texas game coming up. Um, still trying to lock down the guests for that one, but it will be a lot of fun. So um, tonight, as we are, or I, I am recording this intro tonight um, on Wednesday night, as Kansas is actually playing UT Arlington um, with Stephen Davis on that call. Um, I did the the interview earlier today. Uh, definitely uh, recommend you guys listen to the whole thing, get a good primer on what this team is, what this team is expecting to do. Um, but also going on right now while I am recording this, um, the Kansas women's volleyball team is down in Austin, Texas, taking on the Texas Longhorns. Um, last I saw, unfortunately, it was not a great score for the Jayhawks. Uh, they were down two sets to nothing at the time of the recording, but hopefully they can make a little bit of a run and at least get one of the sets. So we will have to check in on that one later next week um, to kind of recap all of that. They do play Iowa State this weekend. Um, you know, in, in the last home game for the Jayhawks in the volleyball uh, realm, and hopefully they can get that win. They are making a push trying to get back to the NCAA tournament. Of course, last year they made it to the Sweet 16. It was a great run for them um, before they bowed out of the tournament. They are hoping to build on that um, and continue to move forward. But this is still a fairly young volleyball team. They will have multiple opportunities to get this team together and to run them through the Big 12 and then also into the NCAA tournament. So um, definitely trying to get that postseason, more postseason experience this year. But if they don't do it, uh, they will have an opportunity to continue. So um, look, I'm really excited to get you here. But before we get over there, I do have a sponsor here on the podcast I want to talk about um, who, you know, regardless of whether your team wins or loses, it is still absolutely fantastic uh, to wear the comfortable vintage college clothing from our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, a whole bunch more. They have more than 140 different schools. They keep adding new stuff all the time and refreshing all the lineups they do have. Um, they have a fantastic Kansas Jayhawk lineup. And of course, they had a, you know, they have a 2022 national championship shirt for the Jayhawks, but a plenty of other stuff. They have Kansas relay shirts. They have football shirt. They actually added a football shirt recently for the Jayhawks as well. So make sure you go check all of that stuff out. And of course, they've got a ton of different basketball related shirts. Um, I wear mine all the time. I have a bunch of non Jayhawk stuff as well. So you're going to find plenty of other lineups across the Big 12, across the rest of college sports with hilarious, fantastic logos and mascots and other vintage characters for you to wear. So homefieldapparel.com, promo code CHOCTO will get you 15% off your first order. But coming up this week, um, it is time for the Black Friday style, Black Friday sale starting this Friday, November 18th. If you use promo code Black Friday, you will get 20% off the entire site. So if you want to wait, I do not blame you at all. Wait until Friday. That's when the code goes live. But it is their their biggest sale of the year, 20% off the entire website. Um, but, you know, things will run out. They, they, they will go quickly. So make sure that on Friday you're kind of, you know, counting down waiting. Just like we wait for late night, you know, wait for opening night there. Um, you know, 
students camping out before games, make sure that you are there to take advantage of that fantastic deal and get all of the great stuff for all of your Christmas or all of the people on your Christmas list, all, all those great sports fans. But again, promo code, or I'm sorry, head on over to Homefield Apparel, promo code CHOCK12, get you 50% off your entire first order or wait for Black Friday and get that fantastic deal. All right, so not going to belabor the point. We will do a full recap of all of the quote-unquote Olympic sports, um, you know, the non-men's basketball, non-football sports um, early next week, kind of go through everything as seasons are getting ready to finish. But uh, before we do anything else, I am going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. When we come back, um, I'll be talking with Stephen Davis, the play-by-play voice of the Kansas women's basketball. Boom! Bosco's Boys is here. I think we all wanted it, and the marriage is officially official. I'm so pumped to bring my show to the 1012 Network, Bosco's Boys, the most consistent K-State podcast out there, over four years with at least one episode a week, bringing live shows to the listeners and to the participants every Wednesday at 7 p.m., I'm pumped to be here, and I would love it if you guys came over to Bosco's Boys and gave us a listen. Because we are not Big J Journos. This is a podcast by a fan and his dog for fellow K-State and Big 12 fans. And I can't wait to chop it up with all the members and fans of the 1012 Network. And I am joined now by Stephen Davis. He is the play-by-play voice of the Kansas women's basketball program. Stephen, how are you doing today? Good, Andy. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. I'm so glad you could join us. I know that I'd, I'd like to have somebody on who is associated with the program that can talk about the program, talk about the players and kind of everything going on there. I've had other, you know, play-by-play guys on before. I've actually had a few of, like, the coaches, some like Todd Chapman and, um, you know, so I enjoy having Betty from every single program that we have here at Kansas because everybody deserves some of that exposure. So, I think this women's basketball program has probably gotten a lot more exposure um, in the last year or so than they had for quite a long time because they had a breakout season last year. Um, you know, obviously with Coach Brandon Schneider uh, getting getting this team back to the NCAA tournament, they ended up fifth in the conference. Even you know after it looked like they had an opportunity to be right up there competing for the you know the actual uh, conference lead there. So. Coming into this season, what is the feeling around this team, the excitement level? What are what are the expectations for this team coming into the year? Well, the excitement level is high, to say the least. And I think the expectations are take what you did last year and build on it. Uh, don't be satisfied with that. Don't stick to what you did last year, but try to take another step. See where, where, where you can go because almost everyone is back from last season. And as you said, it was a major breakthrough last year to, to go in 21 games, to finish fifth in the league when – uh, Coach Brandon had not finished higher than ninth or 10th in any of his previous six seasons at KU. That's a huge step forward for that program. Uh, and I think this year it's, you know, they've shown they can do it is the feeling. Now it's go out and not just do it again and prove that last year wasn't a fluke because it's not when you're playing a double round robin in the Big 12, but go out and be a little better. Take that next step, uh, be a ranked team. For most, if not all, of the season, uh, go finish a little higher in the Big Twelve. Though the top of the Big Twelve is so very good, uh, you could finish fifth again and be a better team. Uh, I think looking at it, to, just because the Iowa States and Texas's of the world 
uh, Oklahoma and Baylor are so, so good, but uh, go out be better this year uh, and see what you can do, not just within the conference, but on a national stage as well. Yeah, and I don't think anybody thinks it's a fluke given the way that they, you know, won quite handily in the first round of the NCAA tournament and then pushed Stanford, who the overall number two, you know, to into that final quarter before finally just giving up that lead uh, to, you know, to the the team that was easily one of the best last season. So, but I, I do have to keep reminding myself that he likes to be called Coach Brandon, not Coach Schneider, which is one of those things that is very, very uh, strange to get used to, but... I actually kind of like it. So, but uh, talking about uh, about this team because, like you said, the 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 goal is to build on what we did last year. Not like don't need to prove that it that it wasn't a fluke because I don't think anybody considers it to be in one of the strongest conferences in in the Big Twelve, top to bottom. But how what kind of things can they do this year to build on that? Obviously, you have a, a, the vast majority of the production from last year coming back in Tyana Jackson, Holly Kersgeeter. Um, you know, Zakiah Franklin, you, and then all of the kind of surrounding that trio, all of those people in terms of like Ioana Hotz-Leonti, um, Chandler Prater, you know, you, you have a lot of production coming back. So so how do you build on that? What is that next step that the program needs to take? Well, I, I think they were able to hit the ground running. There's very few new players, as you said, into the mix. Uh, it was a thing where they could open practice and basically pick up where they left off last season for the most part. Uh, even a couple of the people who are playing bigger roles this year, Sana Strom, for example, was with the program a year ago. Even though she didn't play a ton, she's still technically a returner, so she knows how things operate, how the program rolls, how practices go. You can just jump right into things uh, and you're a step ahead it seems like when you start practice uh, and they've talked about that through the preseason that you could really hit the ground running this year the other thing they did was ramp up the non-conference schedule in the past they've played a lot of home games uh, against teams that may not be familiar to fans when you look at the names on the schedule but uh, you look at that schedule this year there's some more familiar names there's Texas A&M there's Nebraska there's Arizona there's a couple road trips uh, there's two ranked teams in the non-league portion of the schedule in addition to the Big 12 grinder. So major upgrade to the non-league portion of the schedule. I think it's more just a mentality, though, of what they can do to upgrade this year. The expectations have not only been set internally, which is where they were last year when they went out and had this great season, but now the expectations are higher internally and there's external expectations as well. So I think that's what makes the difference this year for this team is you hit the ground running, knowing things are going to be different, uh, and go out and uh, and play this tougher schedule and see how good you can really be. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is definitely a lot to look forward to, and and kind of to your point, there is that external pressure or those those external expectations. I mean, Kansas was picked fifth in the league uh, in in the preseason poll, which is right where they ended up last year, and and honestly, again, with, with how strong the entire conference is, top to bottom, being picked fifth in this conference to start is not a slight at all. Um, you know, this is, this is, I think, high expectations for this team. Um, you know, they, they definitely talked about at Big 12 Media Days how they went as players and asked Coach Brandon to make the schedule tougher, to do what they can do, to, to give them more opportunities to challenge themselves. Because I, I do think that kind of held them back just a little bit last year in that when they finally had developed to where, you know, they were meeting their full potential, they didn't have that experience in the non-conference with all of these tough games to get them ready for the grinder that is league play. And so you're right that this year there is a lot of opportunities, a lot of really big games for them to get that kind of exposure, to get that 
to, to get set up for that. So, so of those games, which ones are the ones that jump out to you the most as those opportunities for them to really show something in the non-conference? Well, the, the three big ones that I mentioned, when you've got three power five opponents on your non-league schedule, Texas A&M comes to the field house end of November. That's a significant ball game. They're in the SEC, generally regarded as the best conference for women's basketball. Obviously, they produced uh, South Carolina, the, the reigning champs there. Uh, and Texas A&M has been a solid program year in and year out. But then the two non-league road trips, uh, there's a road trip to, to California to play a couple actually sneaky good mid-major teams uh, at St. Mary's over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, but then the two single-game road trips in the non-league are both to Power 5 opponents, both of whom are ranked in the preseason poll. You go to Arizona in early December. You go to Nebraska right before Christmas. So you're getting out. And not just playing Power 5 opponents, you're playing really good Power 5 opponents who are coming off good seasons, who have established programs, and you're playing other conferences as well. Mentioned Texas A&M out of the SEC. You get a little Pac-12 exposure when you play Arizona. You get Big Ten exposure when you play Nebraska. So you get exposed to the different styles. You get exposed to the different leagues. Uh, I think those three games really jump out as the major tests in the non-league portion for Kansas. But really, that non-league schedule doesn't have any real breathers either. Uh, UT Arlington early is a defending conference champion, an NCAA tournament team, a 20-game winner. Mentioned the mid-majors they'll play out west in California, Maine, and St. Mary's. They're both really good. Wichita State, Tulsa, solid mid-major programs as well. So there's not a gap in that schedule where you can go, okay, this team can learn a little bit in this two- or three-game stretch. They need to keep it going the whole way through, uh, but obviously there's some games to circle as well before you hit Big 12 play on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a great collection of games, a great um, opportunity, I think, to see a bunch of different styles. And like, I, I, I know that uh, not being someone who has followed the program as closely as I would have liked in the last few years, uh, I really kind of, you know, like three years ago is when I really started paying attention again to them. Um, you know, it, it's great to see those games like Nebraska, those games like Arizona, like those, those games that in the past would have been you know, I think they're, they're right in line with the last time that this was a a good program year in and year out as games that you would look forward to, you know, events that you could get people to show up for regardless of, you know, how, how good the team was because you had additional names and, and, and other programs that people would want to come and see as well. But looking at this particular team now, because obviously we talked about everybody that's coming back, but um, I do I, I do think that there are some roles that have solidified um, from from what they were the beginning of last year. So so like looking at at this team, um, who are the main contributors? Obviously, everybody knows Holly Kurzgeter, um, you know, who is kind of the face of this team. Has been that way for a few years. Has has been with Coach Brandon for for quite a while, um, you know, and was obviously picked to, as a part of the preseason All Big Twelve team. Um, but but she's obviously not the only player that they have that has played really well and has gotten some recognition. So. Um, if you could talk just a little bit about what what it is that Holly brings to this team, but then also some of the other main contributors. Well, it starts with Holly, as you said, uh, leading scorer the last two years, fourth year in the program. Uh, as she sets the tone, I think, for everybody in terms of competitiveness uh, and what's expected on the floor from Coach Brandon, and she's delivered. Uh, even last year when she led the team in scoring and was a first-team All-Big 12 pick, she had a slow start to the year. She had some injuries early. She was in and out of the lineup. It was tough for her to find a rhythm. But once she got to conference play and got her legs under her, she looked like the Holly everybody expected. And that's so hard to do when you don't have that lead-in, 
and the 10 or 12 or 15 non-league games to get ready for conference play, she was able to pick it up in the biggest games of the season and go play at her best. Uh, and she's versatile. She can score anyway. Uh, she can be their best defender if they need her to be, but they like to not have to use her on the opponent's top player if they don't need to. Uh, but she can do that as well. She can handle the ball. She can rebound. Uh, there's nothing Holly can't do uh, on the basketball floor, but she's got plenty of help as well. Uh, Zakiya Franklin, fourth year in the program, is the returning starting point guard. Uh, she's a steadying force handling the basketball, maybe not always real flashy, uh, but makes plays, gets the ball where it needs to go, runs that offense and manages the team the way Brandon wants it run. And she'll get you a big bucket when you need it. Her nickname is K Buckets. And it seems like when they need a basket, she's usually around the ball and she's not afraid to take that big shot. If it's a jumper or get into the basket, she can go do that. Uh, she's a playmaker. Uh, when they need plays made, and obviously very experienced. And there's no substitute for experience, especially at the point guard position. Uh, two other returning starters, Iowana Hatsileonti at the four spot. Third year in the program, started from the day she stepped on campus. She started her first career game. Uh, she's a junior now, 6'3", from Greece. So fluid, so versatile for a forward. She can score it with her back to the basket. She can score it facing up. She can really handle the ball and pass so well. Uh, you, you get all the cliches about international players and how they do those things well. Uh, Iowana is a textbook example of that. Uh, she was making blind passes uh, behind her head in her second career game. She's incredible uh, for getting the ball where it needs to go. And she's a really underrated defender, too, not just on post players. She can guard on the perimeter as well. Versatile defender. Uh, somebody that is really, really important to this program. And then in the middle, you've got Tiana Jackson, who came onto campus last year. KU's not had players like Tiana in the program very often. Six feet, six inches, a, a physical presence just with her size. And last year, she showed she had skill as well. She's a legitimate, not just Big 12 caliber center, but national caliber, legit center player. Uh, fourth in the country in block shots last year with 95, set the KU school record. First Jayhawk ever to make the Big 12 all-defensive team uh, at the end of the season. And now she's added some more offense to her game. Uh, she, she scored a bit last year, but now she's to the point this year where the coaches have said, we want to throw it inside to Tiana. We want to make her one of the focal points of the offense. So you've got four returning starters, huge building blocks, all really good players right there. You throw in some role players around them. You mentioned Chandler Prater earlier, Andy. She was kind of that spark off the bench a lot of times last year. Energy player, defender, can really get after it, uh, can score if you need her to, especially in transition, knock down an open jump shot, but just brings that fire and energy you want for somebody coming off the bench, uh, whether she's playing five minutes or 25 minutes. Uh, she's always gives you everything she's got uh, in a ball game. And then you've got a bunch of other role players around that, 11 returners, from last season, but when you've got four starters, all of whom are really good, three of those four starters, uh, Kurzgeter was preseason, first team All-Big 12, two others, Franklin and Jackson, were honorable mention. you got three of the four returning starters getting preseason Big 12 uh, accolades. That's pretty impressive right there. Now, on the national scale, they're not getting the mentions, uh, but I think as this year goes along, more folks are going to notice Kansas and notice what the uh, this team's built with Kurzgeter and Jackson and the folks around them 
Uh, it's a pretty special group of returners they have. Yeah, and especially those those national awards at the preseason are typically, you know, who was fantastic last year and, like, who was, like, the leading guy or the leading players for their teams um, in, in each of the conferences. So it's not really that much of a surprise. The main important thing is the people that are following this league, you know, week in and week out, knowing how how great they are. Now, I, I am curious because we talked about everybody that's returning, but there are, I think, two two very clear roles that we had last year that uh, that are no longer here. You know, Anaya Thomas was that, like, spark off the bench um, that would come in from the guard position and would really kind of get everything moving. And then, of course, Julie Brousseau last year was kind of that three-point sharpshooter that would come off the bench for the most part um, and and just hit threes pretty much whenever she really wanted to. Um, who, who kind of fills those roles this year as that three-point sharpshooter but then also – um, you know, kind of that that spark off the bench. Well, before we get into the, the newcomer who's going to fill one of those roles or, or maybe even a bigger role, we got to talk about one of the returners who barely played last year, Sana Strom. She got the first crack as a starter this year, really impressed the coaches with the early season work, especially uh, in scrimmage situations. Uh, she can really shoot it, but she does a lot more than that. She's six feet tall, but she's really athletic. She can run. She's one of the fastest players on the team. She's very quick as well, sliding her feet. She's one of the top defenders on the team as well and can guard anybody on the perimeter. So very versatile defensively, can score the ball offensively as well, especially with the jump shots, Uh, knock down a couple threes in the season opener. Sana can really shoot it. Uh, So she's jumped from a role where she was on the bench, maybe going to play, maybe not going to play in games to – hey, you're starting, you're going to play possibly 25, 30-plus minutes a night. That's a huge adjustment. Again, not a newcomer. She knows how the program operates, but huge new role for Sana Strom. Uh, she's really one to keep an eye on. And then the other one's another guard, Yvette Mayberry. Transfer from Tulsa. Uh, Yvette's probably the fastest player on the team. She's a true point guard. She can score the ball. Uh, had great numbers for two years at Tulsa. Was arguably their top player. Uh, and to get her uh, as a transfer through the portal, huge for the Jayhawks. Uh, she can play in place of Franklin at point guard. She could play with Franklin. She really ups the tempo, uh, whether she's starting or coming off the bench, as she has been to begin the season. Uh, but Yvette's an incredible player, uh, could really wreak some havoc defensively with her quickness and speed as well. Uh, and as I said, she can score the ball. She can really get to the rim, and she shoots it really well. If you just look at the returning players, including Yvette, uh, as well as everybody who was a Jayhawk last year and their stats from last season, she's the top three-point shooter of the group. She shot over 44% from three, so uh, she can fill it up in a variety of ways. Uh, she's going to really be one that I think Jayhawk fans are going to enjoy watching when she gets in the ballgame. Yeah, it was kind of funny because like, when I was looking at the people coming in and like looking at what all like what everybody was, was saying about the, the transfers coming into Kansas and the new players – a lot of people referred to Yvette as the three-point specialist of Tulsa, which was not really the case at all. Like, I think that because she was so good from three, a lot of people, I think, just bucketed her without actually watching her game, bucketed her into that, oh, she's really good at shooting threes, um, you know, and, and that's kind of what drives her offense. But the fact that she does so many different things, I think, was what jumped out to me the most when I went back and tried to watch some tape. Um, you know, yes, she's a fantastic three-point shooter, but she does open up, I think, a lot of other opportunities and really kind of take some of that pressure, I think, off of, like you said, Zakiya Franklin and also even like Kurzgeter, like the, the ability for her to come out and jump into whatever role they need her to because of how versatile she is, gives them a lot more options and gives them a lot more opportunities, I think, 
to find success against a varying, uh, you know, type of different teams that you have in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, you look at it this way, you know, in the past, you've had maybe three legitimate scoring options on a team, and that's good. You, you can go with three quality scoring options. Last year, you could argue they had four, maybe five quality scoring options. Folks, you could count on to score the basketball every game and get you a certain number of points. I would argue this year's team has more than five, six, seven, maybe even eight, if we want to include another newcomer who hasn't played yet because of some injuries. Uh, Sophia Telegdi, uh, a freshman forward from Budapest, Hungary, uh, they're really excited about her offensive potential as a backup to Iwana Hatsulionti uh, at the four spot and what she can do in terms of keeping the offense moving. So you could have six, seven, maybe even eight legitimate scoring options on this team. And as we all know about basketball, the more scoring options you have, the more you can put on the floor at one time. It makes you so hard to guard. It makes your team so good. And these aren't players who are just good at one end of the floor. Most of them are excellent defenders as well. And I think that's the reason that there's so much excitement about this team because they were good last year, but the players they have have gotten better and grown their games and they've added pieces to it as well that they know they have the potential to really be a better team this season and take a big step forward. And I think having more versatile scoring options is a big reason why. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, they just have an embarrassment of riches in terms of different options that they can go to and different players that can be successful. Um, you know, and, and so it will be very interesting, I think, to see how that rotation develops. We are used to when we're looking at the men's side, talking about, you know, Bill Self having so many different options and like, how do you get playing time for all of them? We're, we're starting to get to the same sort of situation here for the women's team as well, where there are so many options. Good problem. Right, right. That could have good games that it's more of a which one is the right one to use in this situation, not a how am I going to fill out the lineup with enough minutes so that we can be competitive the entire time. So um, it, it's, it's like you said, a very, very good problem to have. I am very excited to see a lot of these different players. Um, it's obviously not just this year that we're looking at because, you know, news right before the season started was National Signing Day, Kansas bringing in two very highly rated prospects uh, into that class in and apologize if, if I say the name wrong because international names for some reason I can never get them correct but I think it's Leia Canessa um Laya Laya okay that that would make a lot more sense uh, and then Smaya Nichols um you know two huge prospects two very highly rated players coming in um obviously we we have to wait till next year to actually see them but you know it develops some excitement around the program and ha- like how is how how excited is the program about having those players signed for next season and then being able to kind of show what they can do this year and thinking about what they can add next year as well. Yeah, very, very excited, I think, to put it uh, very bluntly and very plainly. Uh, Conesa is one of the best guards in Europe, uh, the best in Spain, uh, as the KU coaching staff judged it, and, and that's reason enough to get excited about a recruiting class when you bring in that good an international player, one that they think can really impact the program. Uh, with her game. And as we've seen, this this program under Coach Brandon has had a lot of success bringing in international players, adapting them to the American game and turning them into really good college players. But then you add a local product as well, and not just a local product in Samaya Nichols, right. but one very well regarded, not just again locally, but nationally. A uh, five-star recruit. Now she's coming back from uh, her second ACL injury uh, to begin her senior year of high school, but everyone expects a full recovery as she's gone through the rehab process. Uh, and she's fantastic. You talk about a player who can do it all six feet tall, can handle the ball, can play inside, can play outside, uh, is graceful, is powerful. 
uh, and can guard pretty much any position on the court as well. Uh, the, the, the list of things she can do is a lot longer than the ones she can't. Uh, it's been a while since KU's gotten a recruit like Samaya Nichols. She's that good. Uh, and, and for her to be 40 minutes from campus going to Shawnee Mission West High School and want to be a Jayhawk, uh, I think says volumes about where the Kansas women's basketball program is right now. Yeah, for sure. I I know that was one of the big storylines going into National Signing Day was what Kansas going to be able to hold on to her because there was definitely indications that she was leaning towards Kansas. But when you have, you know, top programs from all around the nation that are looking for a player, it's very difficult, I think, at times, you know, to to get someone to stay home as on just a, you know, a hometown type of thing. You're not used to seeing things like a, you know, a Devin Neal for the football team who was from Lawrence and wanted to stay home and, um, and, and help build that program. You don't get that nearly as much, especially on the side with basketball, because one player can make such a huge impact, um, you know, on a, on a particular program. So it's, it's a lot easier, I think, to kind of sell somebody on the impact that they can have at one of these national programs. Um, so it, it was a huge, a huge get for them, something really to be celebrated. But, you know, the other, I think, really exciting thing about it is, you know, it, it's, it's exciting for all the players on this roster because unless I'm mistaken about eligibility rules, every single one of the players that's on the roster this year is eligible to come back next year if they choose to. So, like, they can get excited about these two recruits because they may be people that they're playing with next year. And so this is kind of a, a year to, to really solidify your role on the team. And if you decide to come back next year, you know, thinking specifically about these seniors, um, you know, you have, wonderful new talent coming in to help bolster what you're able to do this year. So this is really a, a bridge year. Well, I, I don't want to say bridge year because normally that means like going, you know, from one really good program and down and then to the next one. But this is like, I think this is the, the, the year that they can develop and take that next step forward to set them up as a perennial program that is competing in the big 12 and, and really making huge strides. So it's been a fantastic turnaround, I think under coach Brandon, um, before we wrap up for the day, any any particular thoughts about any players or or any of the games coming up or just in general that you want to make sure that we cover that, that fans need to know about this team before we get out of here? And this is a really fun team. Uh, I've been around them a little bit now. I've been around the coaching staff and around these players. They are all really likable. They're all really easy to root for. Uh, going to a women's basketball game at KU is different than going to a men's game. Let's be honest. The yes, tickets sure. are a lot easier to get. We know that. It's a really great, fun experience, though. I, I just encourage everybody who's around the area, any chance you get, uh, even just come to one game. Pick out one. Come watch this team. They're fun to watch. They play a fun style of basketball. They play the game the right way. I know that's cliche, but uh, the way Brandon has taught them to play the game, they get after it defensively. They're working to get good shots offensively. They get everybody involved. They share the ball. And there's a joy that they play with. The bench is excited when somebody does something. If one player scores, the rest of the teammates on the floor are excited. Uh, it, it, it's basketball the right way, the way it should be. They're a fun team to watch, and it's a really likable group of people off the court as well. Uh, Brandon likes to talk about you, you need to be one way when you're on the court. You need to be locked in. You need to be intense. You need to have that competitiveness, that, that fire that you expect from the great competitors, but off the court, these are some of the nicest people you could ever hope to meet. And they can almost flip that switch on and off at a moment's notice. It's incredible. Uh, it's really is fun. 
to watch this group play. And I, I encourage everyone to just come out and give them a chance and watch them sometime this year. Yeah. And, and there is definitely something to be said for going out and watching them in person because you actually get to see what the bench is like. You actually get to, you know, experience what this team is like as a whole because watching it on TV is completely different. You know, I, I actually had the opportunity to, to go cover them during the Big 12 women's basketball tournament and it was completely different watching them. You know, from the opposite side, looking at the bench, seeing the way that that Coach Brandon interacted with the the other assistants and all the players are on the bench, and like you got to see a lot of the reactions to what was actually happening on the court that you don't get to see when you're actually watching it on TV. So I highly recommend if you have the opportunity to get out there for at least one game this season to to show that support in person, but also just to get to take in the full experience that is watching this team as opposed to just what you're able to see on on the television. So, all right, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me. For those that want to catch the games, whether it is um, you know, either either on the television or needing to listen to it on the radio. What's the best way? Like, where can they find these games typically? Well, let's start with radio because that's where I am. Of course, uh, Jayhawk Radio Network, uh, KLWN and Lawrence carries the games. Ninety four five KCTE in Kansas City on the FM dial carries the games as well. And then they're also all available through the KU Athletics app. It's really simple. Even my parents have been able to pull it up. Uh, you just pull up the app, tap on it, tap on the game, plays it for you right then and there. It's super easy. Uh, TV, home games are all on ESPN+. Plus. All, a lot of the Big 12 road games uh, are ESPN+, Plus as well. You get occasional national broadcast sprinkled in. Uh, I believe the KU-K-State game in the Fieldhouse this year is on ESPNU. Uh, so that'll be a fun showcase. But, yeah, the games are pretty well streamed, even the non-league games. Uh, you can find them somewhere. Uh, yep. But if you've got that ESPN Plus subscription, you're covered there. And if you've got the KU Athletics app, you're covered for audio with uh, with me and David Lawrence on home games as well. And, of course, for for each of those games, we will have our game primers over on Blue Wings Rising, giving you all the information you need uh, to get up to date before those games actually happen. But, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me. Anytime, Andy. It was fun. And that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Stephen for joining us to talk more about this team like I said, I love talking about all of the different programs for the Jayhawks, not just men's basketball and football. And so um, any chance we get an opportunity to talk to somebody who is that knowledgeable about the team that is able to give us that kind of insight, I will jump all over that opportunity. But um, if you guys have not already, please do go out where, wherever you get your podcasts, where it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you're not able to do that, please let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you as, as much or all the information that you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 1012 Podcast Network, which is partnered with the Sports Drink podcast network your water cooler for all things sports and not sports both fantastic networks you can find all the shows that cover all of the teams in the big 12 over at 1012 podcast i'm sorry 1012 network.com that has links to all of our great shows we have a ton of great stuff especially with basketball coming up i highly recommend midwest madness robbie trano is doing a fantastic job over there but um make sure you visit our sponsors home field apparel price picks thank you guys so much for listening we will catch you guys next time on the rock chalk podcast